Hi, thank you for joining me. My name is John New. This is John 2028 Apologetics and Lion and Lamb Podcast. And today's podcast is going to be on the Respect for Marriage Act. The Respect for Marriage Act. That was just signed a couple days ago. And what it is, is it's giving homosexuals the ability for their marriage to be recognized in all states, so it's a federal law, federal, which means it goes over all states, all 50 states, and their marriage will be recognized in a state that doesn't support it, that doesn't support that, that wants the state to, um, you know, d- define marriage between a man and a woman. Like, for instance, there's 32 prohibited or likely prohibited states that will push back against this, and this is called or how they define that as performing same-sex marriages would not be allowed. The Respect for Marriage Act would require recognition of same-sex marriages performed in other states and would recognize the marriage federally. And this includes, you know, the whole South, Florida, Alabama, Georgia, Mississippi, Louisiana, Texas, and it just goes on and on. And when it starts, and obviously up Northeast, D.C., Maryland, Delaware, New Jersey, Connecticut, it's allowed or likely allowed 19 of them. And that is uh, performing same-sex marriages would be allowed. The Respect of Marriage Act provides uh, protection for same-sex couples if they traveled or moved to state that prohibited it. All right. Now, this is where, see, the, the homosexual agenda has taken over many things. And it's funny how they like to go after... Uh, Christianity with their um, agenda. They went after our rainbow flag. That is our our rainbow colors, however you want to look at the symbol. That is a Judeo-Christian symbol. The rainbow is a Judeo-Christian symbol. And there is maybe one out of a thousand people that look at that and think about the promise that Yahweh made to the world, to his people, that he would never judge the earth in that nature again by flooding the earth and that's what the rainbow symbolizes and so it symbolizes judgment and it symbolizes a promise from God okay it's a very important symbol and no one I mean, nobody looks at that today if I was to put a rainbow flag in my front yard and have God's name in Hebrew put in it no one would know what it meant their agenda has taken that symbol that's hijacked it. Now, they're trying to hijack, well, just like the agenda with um, hijacking our the morals and ethics of our children, it's now moving to the marriage and they want this federal. So it's not enough that our founding fathers wanted each state to be able to govern itself. If you don't like high taxes or you do want high taxes you can move to california or you can move to texas and florida with low taxes or you can move to california with high taxes if you want the government if you want high government rule then you can move to california if you don't then you can move to florida or texas something like that so there's options and our founding fathers wanted that way they wanted the states to be individually equal but united as one but ran individually that's why it's called the united states that's why we have three branches. A state should be able to govern itself. 
And I'm 100%, I can't prove it, but I'm 100% know in my heart that this is somehow related to the Roe versus Wade being overturned and how a state can govern itself. They don't want that. And when I say they, I mean politicians. And it's both sides of the aisle. This ain't just uh, Democrats anymore. Okay? It's not. This article right here from NPR says that the law unexpectedly gained Republican support and passed the Senate on November 29th after being amended to ensure the nonprofit or that nonprofit religious groups aren't required to help perform same-sex marriages. So there I guess it's a barter is what they're saying, which is extremely troubling. So I guess the Republican side is trying to say, well, we'll meet you in the middle here, in the middle of the aisle, as long as you don't make Christian churches marry homosexuals. But just think about that for a second. Think of how asinine that is. So the government thinks that it has the power and the strength and the ability and the, and the um, moral and ethical grounding to walk into a church and tell them, tell a pastor or a priest that they have to marry a homosexual couple. Think about that. When Islam and immigrants who are into that faith don't get near the persecution that we get at all. That's just the way it is around the world. I mean, you can't, you, you, what, what, what if the uh, government, you think the government would ever, you know, say, hey, we can, we can serve pork at a uh, Muslim school or something. I mean, they got Sharia laws in towns over in Minnesota where they're being governed and ran with police and, and, and partially Sharia law, Sharia law police officers and things like that. I mean, and those, but the government's like, okay, you know what? We won't make it. First of all, they're never going to make me do anything. I, I have the power to marry. I'm a chaplain. Okay? They're never going to make me marry anybody that I don't want to marry. It'll never happen. I don't, I don't know who they think they are. And see, this is what fuels the flames of conspiracy theorists. I'm not into conspiracy theories. But I think what makes conspiracy theories believable is that there is some element of truth to them. So it's like this butterfly effect, trickle-down effect. You see here, they act like this, they act like that, they act like that. And, just, they, and it's just little bits of evidence and proof and facts. And then they paint a masterpiece with it and say, hey, here, here's, the, here's the conspiracy theory. You know, the conspiracy theory, like they're trying to uh, push conservatives and Christians out of the country and replace them. I mean, it, it it for sure seems like that. I don't know if it's deliberate or not. But I do know our government's evil. And this uh, liberal ideology, and when I say liberal, there might be some older folks like me that listen to this podcast. But I'm not talking about y'all in the 80s and 90s that disagreed but allowed people to speak. I'm talking about the cancel culture. I'm talking about woke, okay? So please don't think I'm singling you out. I'm not. I actually respect the um the discourse and the uh 
the disagreement. When I speak to an old school liberal, I have several friends that are in their 40s that are old school liberals. And the last thing they ever want to do is cancel anybody. They don't want to cancel uh, anybody. Andrew Tate or Jordan Peterson. They don't want to cancel any of them. They just disagree. That's an old school liberal. You know, that's that's what I uh, would love to speak to. Because I don't want to live in an echo chamber either. I want to be reasonable. But, um, their, their attack on their, I do believe it's a, it's a strategic approach to the youth. And it's, I mean, the Bible says to educate kids when they're young so you can make an impression on them. It, it, it actually commands it. The scripture literally commands for you to make an impression on your children with with uh, scripture and and belief in God and everything else, so it won't escape the child. It's all in Proverbs. I mean, it's it's all in the Bible, Old and New Testament. How to raise your children, let the children come to Jesus, the whole bit. So they're just taking this tactic and they're using it for themselves. So this was a poll in 2022, a record high. Fifty percent of Americans rate the overall rate of moral values in the U.S. as quote poor, and another 37 percent say it is quote only fair. Just one percent think the state of moral values is excellent. <laughs> this is so I was watching a uh, we were flipping through the TV and with my wife and there's what's that that's a dating show and it's uh called <laughs> too hot to handle all right so I was laughing about this with my wife so <laughs> I remember when reality TV started in the 90s and the 2000s it was People on a deserted island or they were on a desert or some type of place to try to survive and gather food and, and, and work teamwork. And that was the uh, that was the stuff that they had. To, that was the adversity, right? Nature and uh, uh, communication and uh, working as a team with strangers and and getting along with others that aren't like you, men and women and uh, black and white and uh different parts of the world and all all these different types of um variables and that's that's what made it challenging right <laughs> well let's fast forward what was that called survivor yeah survivor right so let's fast forward to 2020s too hot to handle where the obstacle is not a desert that can Cause you to dehydrate or rainforest that, you know, give you sleepless nights with critters and insects. It's, can I control myself from sleeping with someone? That's what it is. That's, that's literally the object of the game. They take around 10 to 12 uh, men and women, 20s, all physically fit. Um, both sexes would agree with probably a, a high level of attractiveness. And they put them in on an island or like a, a resort secluded to themselves. And they just can't sleep with each other. That's it. That's the adversity. So I can't. I, th I think they're allowed to kiss. And maybe even sleep in the same bed. Which, of course, the show wants that because 
the temptation of uh, the low bearing fruit, right? <laughs> but they and they lose or the the cone. There's like a cone, like a police cone, and it comes out and it barks whenever. And there's hidden cameras everywhere. And people try to be sly and and sneak. But all you gotta do is control yourself. That's it. And you win money, you stay on the on the resort, and you, you can win uh, probably a million dollars. I don't know what it is. It's, it's, it's a good lump sum. And you know, obviously, they cheer each other on. They keep each other accountable. They uh, they watch over each other, and they also, to a large extent, tongue in cheek cheer it on as well. Whenever they do mess up, I've seen a couple episodes. I'm guilty. Okay, forgive me. But it's just I'm I'm watching watching it. And it's pathetic. I mean, this is, this is the, uh, the issues that we have today, I guess, is that young people can't control themselves. And it was, what's funny is that the, the, the episode that came out this season, this young girl, uh, young lady, whatever, mid twenties, early twenties, um, came out and said that, uh, just the, the way she introduced herself was basically like this. I mean, she wraps up everything I'm saying right here perfectly. She goes, uh, yeah, I don't want to be um, like the women from the 50s. I don't believe in slut shaming. I believe that women can do whatever they want and they can sleep with whoever they want. That's, that's, her, um, that's her ideology. That's her epistemology. That's her belief system yeah, right there. Wraps it up. I don't know her personally, but I would venture to say she probably... Um, still lives with her parents and, um, yeah, I would, I would venture to say that. I'm sure daddy pays for a lot of things. If not, then I would call this a rare case, but this, this is what we're dealing with now. And this is what happens. So you start changing the the rules and the laws of what marriage is. You start bringing in alternative lifestyles. Marriage is defined by God. Jesus clearly defines it. One man, one woman. Jesus, Colossians 1, is the creator of all things. All things are made by him and through him, and nothing is made without him. He is the eternal son of God, and he defined marriage between a man and a woman. And the left wants to destroy that as well, just like they want, just like they have taken our rainbow color symbol and destroying the nuclear family. It's all, like I said, do I believe in these giant conspiracy theories? No, but do I understand why people believe in them? Yeah, I do. I think. The reason why I don't buy in completely to conspiracy theories is because evil doesn't need a game plan to follow. It has a mind of its own and it has a certain um, destructive pattern that it follows in itself without any type of direction or any type of mastermind doing it. It's going to do it anyways. It doesn't need like a Lex Luthor... Or George Soros, or somebody like that, to look over it and guide it like a puppet with strings. It's going to do it anyways. Because the very nature of evil, the very nature of these things, is the exact opposite of God. That's what sin and that's what evil is. 
So it's going to do it anyways. It doesn't matter. So I guess that's why I don't buy in. Now there might be people behind the scenes that are pushing pushing it because they hate God. Yeah, sure. But I think that's just part of the uh, the nature of the beast, pun intended, that I just laid out and said. So then the question is, like, how much longer can this world live like this? How much longer can our great nation carry on this? I mean, you're going to get God's attention eventually. I'm not a prophet. I'm not somebody who can see the future. I'm just saying we can't abort 70 million children and not get God's attention. We can't spit in God's face and mock him and change his symbol of love and um, unity and forgiveness and judgment and the rainbow colors without getting his attention. We, we can't change God. We can change the, the definition of marriage when God has prospered this nation so much without getting God's attention. This is clearly an important thing to God. God describes his relationship with us as a marriage multiple times. Through, I mean, it's all throughout the Old New Testament. I don't even know why I said multiple. Uh, a lot. Old and New Testament. The hyperbole, the, the, uh, the way God explains it, the way God uses... Um, he tries to set it up for us to understand how he sees us. It's always a husband and a wife. It's obviously very important to him. It was the first command God ever gave. Be fruitful and multiply. He married them and told them to be fruitful and multiply. So this is something that is important to God and we're trying to change that just like the uh, you know the White House that that displays the colors the, the fluorescent colors over the the white paint as the rainbow flags colors and it's not representing Genesis I mean so what do we do about this? Well, like I've always told us, we have to um, vote politicians in and out based upon our Christian belief. Do not look if there's an R or if there's a D. Look to see what they represent. This clearly, it's not just Democrats anymore. I think, uh, what was it? Was it Jesse Ventura? He's an atheist. He's a, uh, I think it was him. If I'm wrong, please forgive me. But he was a, uh, you know, a WWE wrestler. He was in the movie Predator with Arnold. I'm a big Arnold fan. I love that. And uh, he said that politicians are like wrestling. Like you think you have a villain. And what he meant by it is the divide that we see. The Republicans and Democrats. He said, you think that there's a villain, like there's a heel, like a bad guy, like maybe the Undertaker, who's kind of an anti-hero, or, or at one point he was kind of a villain, or Kane, 
If you're a wrestling fan, you know what I'm talking about. Or NWO. And their versus, you know, Hulk Hogan, the All-American, who's supposed to be a Republican. But then they go backstage and they laugh it off because it's not real. They do it to keep us entertained and under control. That's what he said it's like. I'm, I'm almost certain it was Jesse Ventura who served as, uh, who served, I think it was Minnesota governor. So, just remember that. You're not serving a Republican or Democrat party. We're part of a different fold. Once we're under the blood of Christ, we're Christians. We're under the way. That was the very first church name or title, if you want to call it that. The way in the book of Acts. All right. So we're under the way. Well, I appreciate y'all. My, my podcast is doing great. All praise the most high. It's doing great in, in listens. Y'all are really responding very well. I'm so blessed that my audience is growing and I couldn't do it without you. It seems that y'all like my, my podcast on Jordan Peterson. I'll, I'll, uh, you know, I won't make it overly abundant about him, but whenever there's a, a, uh, a topic that he is on and it benefits a Christian to listen to, then we'll hit it. But I just want to thank you for this. Pray for our nation. Pray for our leaders. Pray for Biden. Pray for Kamala Harris. Pray for Donald Trump. Pray for our governors. Pray for our enemies and or the people we like. That's what the Bible tells us to do. Does it not? Thank you for listening. God bless you in Jesus' name.